Good morning, everybody. Today, Bez Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Hay in Maseches Bava Kama. Okay, the first of the of the gates. Now, uh, we were talking about the list, so let's reorient ourselves. Goranowitz hasn't learned Satan Nazikin with us yet, so he learned it in high school. Arba Avos Nazikin, our Mishnah has a Tana, right? The Mishnah is written by a Tana who says that there are four main categories of, of damages. What is, what, what is the purpose of this list? Well, Hatzad HaShavah Shebehem, I'm just reading now from the end of the Mishnah, is that Darchan L'Hazak Shemiras Alecha, that these are things that are prone to cause damage and you have to watch out for that. And then, when you cause that damage, then he who causes the damage has to pay which we'll see, right, when a person has, and it was a very um, agricultural society, so you'd have your fields and you'd have your good fields and your lesser fields. And so when it comes to Nezek, um, we're not getting into this detail yet, but we certainly will. Uh, when, do you pay for, when do you have to pay from the best of your land Sometimes the Bainernis, sometimes the Ziburis. But in the case of Nezek, sounds like you're always going to pay from the best of land. Why that is, where we learned that from, we will see. But be that as it may, where we were, uh, what we were discussing was how many major categories of damage are there. So our Mishnah says four, but that was the Machlokas. We had Raboshia, who said 13. What did Raboshia add? So Raboshia added um, the the Nizke Adam. In other words, our Mishnah was talking about Nizke Mamon, which we defined as when you have property that does damage. So that means if you have an animal that causes damage, so then that's Nizke Mamon. That is the Arba Avas Nizikin mentioned in our Mishnah. Raboshia said, no, that there's 13, and when he talks about the 13, he adds all the Shomrim, which we discussed, right? So that's already human. That's no longer just Nizke Mamon, right? By definition, a Shomer, is a human because you don't give an animal right the authority to watch over your stuff. So that's called uh, a human. And once you're adding humans, you're going to add Shevis, Repoit, Tsar, right? Those aspects of human damages. When one human damages another, they don't just reduce the other's value. Uh, they also will cause pain and they could cause humiliation. These are things that only human beings feel. So, or that we only monetize it when human beings feel it. I, I never really know. They always say, oh, the dog, he, he's so sad. He, he misses you. I, I'm, you know, who's to know? Who's to know, Barry? But the point is, and, and I was actually, your dog, was Phil, was, uh, seemed like, was it a she? Yeah. Yeah, she might have been a little sad that, uh, at the scene that night. But, she wasn't getting the food, yeah. Yeah, she wasn't getting the food. That was some really good food. She's used to getting some pretty good food at Phil's. She was not exactly sure why she wasn't invited to that scene. That's a 98-year-old dog in dog years. It was a beautiful dog. But anyways, we don't really know exactly what she's feeling, but, um, but we can speculate. But we don't monetize her feelings. We monetize the human feelings. Okay, so... The bark mitzvah, bark mitzvah. Okay, so, so then he goes like this. Then the question is, right, the last thing we said was, uh, what is the deal with, uh, with Shomrim? The last thing that we said was, the question we had was, we had a Ghanav and a Goslin in the list of Reboshia, right, of human damages. So one of them is when a person steals, so they have to pay back. Now be careful here. 
We're not talking about the kefel, because we've already learned about that, that when a person steals, and then they deny it, and then it turns out that they have to return it, they have to return back what they damaged, and they also have to pay kefel. In Roboshia's list, he's, only, he's not talking about the, the kefel, he's talking about uh, giving back the item. In addition to that, just the last detail that we were asking within the list of Roboshia is that when we're talking about the shomrim, the custodians, okay, right, Right, they are sep- They are listed in separate categories, and yet, what after all is right the the thing that we are accusing the shomer of? In other words, why is shomer on this list? Why do you have custodians on the list? Custodians aren't damaging; they're helping you. No, the case of custodians of shomerim that Rebosha is referring to is a shomer that basically stole your stuff, right? And then, and he stole your stuff, and then, right, Ukitani, right? And so why are they separate categories? So says the Gemara, Ketani to be a diamond, Ketani to be mela. That there are direct damages and indirect damages. In other words, if you did an improper shmira, or let's say, for example, right, um, uh, you have somebody who's, a, who's supposed to watch over your shore, and then your shore wasn't properly watched over by the Shomer, and he goes and he gets himself killed, okay? Or gets himself damaged. So the Shomer is liable. That's considered a Hezek. So the question is, why would that be any different than, dam- than an Adam that damages a shore? So the answer is, that's the last thing that we left off, Tani Hezekah de Beadaim, Tani Hezekah de Mimela. But the reason why Rav Oshia counts them as different categories, even though it has like the same ultimate consequence, like the destruction of property, is that one is direct damage, and the other, when you're talking about a Shomer, he will still include in the list an indirect damage. An indirect damage is a negligent custodianship over something where you were negligent, and it still got damaged anyway, and so he's good, but he's going to count it because they're different. Again, Barry, I just want to emphasize. It's like Minyan HaMitzvahs, right? So you'll have the Sefer of the Rambam, and you'll have the Sefer of Sajagon, right? How do we count the 613? But we know that there's thousands of mitzvahs. So this is... Uh, abstract learning. This is why it's good to learn this in yeshiva. Yeshivish guys know that abstract learning is, means something because you cat, you're putting things into categories. That's what we're doing. So when you're putting things into categories, we ask, just like with the Minyan Mitzvahs, why is it included in the Minyan Mitzvahs? Why is it not included? But the actual, it's not a, as much a practical question, right? Because everybody will hold, Raboshia and the Tan of Mishnah, whoever it may be, all hold that you're going to have to pay if, you, if a human damages another human, right? There's more, whether it's Arba Avas Nazikin or 13 Avas Nazikin, all of those Nazikin you're going to be culpable for, right? Maybe the difference is only the ones that are considered Avas Nazikin you're going to pay Meitava Aretz. We don't, we don't know that yet, right? That, as I mentioned, said, but we're not even thinking about that yet. So far, we're just thinking about categories. Fair enough? So let's see. So you have four Avas Nazikin, you have 13 Avas Nazikin. Now, and don't worry, Andrew. Daf base of hay is so small that, that we're gonna we're gonna get you to, we're gonna bring you home today. Bezrat Hashem. Okay. So now eleven lines up from the bottom, we have a third opinion. So the first opinion is Arba Avos. Ravosha says thirteen Avos Nazikin. Tani Rebchia. Rebchia says Esrim Arba Avos Nazikin. Wow. There's twenty four categories. Okay. What are they? Tashlume Kefel. Okay. So here we go. Here we're talking about the Tashlume Kefel. That's the double. Tashlum that you pay if you, again, stole something, denied it, 
Turns out you're a big fat liar. And now you have to pay back what you stole and you have to pay a double compensation. Can you already speculate, Phil, what is different about the case of Rebchia? The What's different here is this is not primary damage. This is in addition to the compensation for what you damaged, you're going to pay the knas. So Rebchia, for whatever reason, adds knas, okay? Knas meaning if you're paying a fine. Now a fine, and we're going to define what fine is very shortly. You know, how, how do you see if it's a fine? But it's pretty straightforward. If you're paying back and you're compensating for something that was lost, uh, so then that is regular compensation. If you're paying a fine on top of that, so then Rebchia is going to say that's also in the list of primary damages, what we call avos nazikin. Okay, again, maybe that means that if you're paying with a knas, you'll also have to pay with metavarets. We're not focused on the halachic implication yet. Right now, we're just categorizing. So be that as it may, Rabbi is going to include fines, <coughs> such as tashlume kefel, okay. Then tashlume arba v'chamisha, as we know, when in the case of what's called tavachumachar, right? If somebody stole an animal and then just steal the animal, he sold it to Phil. Well, you know what's happening once it goes to Phil. Phil didn't know that it was contraband. Phil... When he, he, doesn't, he never met an animal he didn't like to shecht and serve, right? So then you're going to have to pay four and five times uh, that animal's value, okay? And now we're going to go to Ganav and Goslin. So we're going to discuss why those are on the list. But a thief, and a Ganav is like a thief in the night that does so not um, right under the, um, uh, when he's trying to do it without, right, uh, people finding out, and yet he gets caught. Okay, and again, this is going to be referring to a case where a thief admitted right to his crime because that's different. When the, when the thief is denying it, he's going to um, he's going to pay the kefil as well. Here we're talking about a ganav, right? Um, but still, he has to pay the principal. So we'll, we'll talk about that, right? Even if you admit it, that doesn't exempt you from paying the actual principal. We'll talk about that. Um, and Goslin is, he's doing it in broad daylight. Okay, so we'll see why the Ganav and the Goslin are mentioned here. The Gemara will discuss that a little bit further, right? Just to see the Rashi over here. Uh, the Ganav, Hamoide Me'atzmo, but Goslin, Delo, right? Mishalme Ela Karen Lisni. In other words, this is clearly, Rebchia, when you're talking about Tishlume Kefel and then you're talking about Ganav and Goslin, you have to be talking about two different cases. So again, Tishlume Kefel is when you deny it and Ganav and Goslin is when you admit it, where you don't pay the Kefel. Still, the Ganav and Goslin are considered among the Avos Nazikin. Okay, Edim Zomimim, right? So now we're, going to, we're taking a tour through Shasville. So Edim Zomimim, as we know from Makos, right? Uh, which we haven't learned yet, but God willing, now that we're in Seder Nazikin, we will. But we've already discussed what Edim Zomimim are. Zomimim means they are plotting. Right? As the, as the Psukim say, these witnesses are plotting to trap somebody. They're trying to frame someone. Turns out they're big fat liars. And when they are so discovered, then it's Kasher Zomam. Then we are actually going to punish them uh, commensurate with what they try to impose on the guy. So they're going to get that punishment. That punishment, were it to be a monetary punishment, is going to be, right, uh, considered one of the Avos Nazikin. So it's actually fascinating. Again, the Gemara is going to explain, it's going to go through the details of this abstract things of Rabbi Chia. This is where it gets really fun because now we're really getting into an area where the, the damage itself is somewhat abstract. They didn't take an ax to your 
car, right? They, they, they did so with words, right? They, they, they even didn't even succeed. Adam Zomimim, if they succeed in getting you, uh, in damaging you, actually are no longer eligible to be considered Adam Zomimim, as we will learn. It's Kasher Zomim, as Barry points out. It's only as you plotted, we learn from that in the Gemara, that if you actually execute the plan to perfection and manage to damage the guy, you're no longer eligible to be considered Eid Zomem and has a different din. So this is very abstract indeed. The damage was not even done. And yet, that's considered, when you get punished, that's considered Avos Nazikin. Okay, we'll have to see what that even means, right? That already takes us out, Barry. I'm just going to point out. Metav Sadeu, is that going to even, what does that mean? That when we take, when, when we exact punishment from them, We'll have to take from Eitav Sadeu. We'll, we'll discuss the implications. I just want to kind of keep reminding us of where we are occasionally to reorient ourselves as we learn. Okay, that's the Edom Zomim. Va'ones va'mefata. So we've we've learned uh, Seder Nashim. So we've come across these degenerates before. The Ones is the rapist, and the Mefata is the seducer. Every time Rabbi Leibowitz, the great Dafyomi master, mentions this, he says Rachman Litzlan, and Rachman Litzlan indeed. So they pay a knas. And the Gemara will talk through all these. Um, so that's considered one of the Ovas Nazikin. Umotzi Shemra. Okay, Motzi Shemra, we've already also learned Maseches Ksubis. And Motzi Shemra is the person who is going to claim, right, that the woman that, that he was with, and it's not true, but he's claiming that she had already been with another man. So he is going to defame her. Defaming is going to... Right, so again, it's a, it's a husband of a young girl who's falsely accusing her. That, uh, if it turns out the, that there's a, it's a false claim, right, he has to pay a fine, right? This is actually in the psukim themselves, a hundred shekel, we'll talk about that. So th- that, that fine is considered, that's considered one of the Avos Nazikin. Fascinating. Okay. Hametame. This metame is a true nudnik. Okay, this metame is just messing around trying to put, uh, uh, t- trying to put tuma into somebody's tahar produce. He has nothing to gain from doing so, okay? But he's, he's touching it like with a sheretz, right? He's causing a loss to somebody, okay? So that's considered one of the Avas Nazikin. Behamedame, okay? Medame is you put truma into someone's ordinary produce. You're turning it into demai, okay? That is also, right? You're messing with them and that's a form of damage. The honey tlesar. So okay. So if you count all the other ones that we did, that was uh, another um, another eleven. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed one, Barry. Thank you. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that you're here anyway. But havamanasech is when you take someone's wine, you go into. I won't mention Falsate. He has a cellar in his. Do you have a cellar, by the way? Oh, Phil, we got to get you a cellar. Okay, you do have like a display. I saw that was that was some display, but um, but the cellar is uh, is going to is with a C is where you keep wine. So false Satan, Ramapichem, she has a nice cellar. So what if Rahman al Sun somebody took all of his wines and did a vodazar with them, thus turning into Yai Nesach? Well, once you have Yai Nesach, it's totally uh, unusable, right? And therefore, and you're not even allowed to have any right hana from it. So that'd be a terrible thing. And so that is. In fact, that would damage his wine greatly. Okay, so that is the last one. Thank you, Barry, for that. So that is 11. The Hani Tlesa, take those 11 plus the 13 listed by Ravoshia, and that's Ha Esrim Barbara. That's how Ravchia arrives at 24. 24 Avos Nazikin.
Okay, so now the Gemara wants to know. So now we have our three shitas. The Mishnah of four, Raboshia of 13, Rabchia of 24. So now Raboshia, my time, Malatani, honey. The Gemara wants to know, why did Raboshia not count these extra ones and only have 13 and not 24? It says the Gemara, Bimamonu Kamairi, Biknasa Lo Kamairi. That Rav Oshia was only dealing with actual damage, right, what we'll call compensation for damage, but knas, these 24, include, right, as we've already pointed out, cases of knas. That Rav Chia thinks that even when you pay a knas, that's considered what, uh, an av nazikin. Now, what that means, we, again, we're not yet prepared to discuss, but for now, let's just see. Is that really true, that all the cases of Rav Chia are talking about knas? So let's see. So, for example... Ganav and Goslin, the Mamonahu. Okay, so Ganav and Goslin, right? So that is Mamona. And yet, whose list is that on? The Gemara wants to, right? So now we're going to say, are these lists really true? Is it really going to run true for all of these cases? When you go down all the cases of Rab, of Rabichia, is it going to be all of them Knas? If you go all through the case of Roshia, are they only going to be Mamon? Well, Ganav and Goslin are in Rabichia's list. And yet, Ganav and we said specifically, we took great pains to explain that this is, we're not talking about the Kefal, as Rashi said. We're talking about the principle. So that's Mamon, the principle. Give it back. Give back what you stole. That's not Knas. That's principle. So that's the first thing the Gemara asks. Ganav and which is in Rabchia's list of Knas, that's Mamon. So litany. Let Raboshia teach those two and have a list of 15, not 13. Says the Gemara, Haketani le Shomachinam ve'ashoel. That we were saying before. That where Roshia already taught Shomer Chinam and Shoel, right? The derelict custodian, okay? That, so what is the case of the derelict custodian? So the Gemara, as Rashi explains, right? Tanele Shomer da Shoel. That case, as we look at the third line up from the bottom, the Toin Tainus Ganav, Kaganav, Toin Tainus Gazlan, Kagazlan. That in the list of Shomrim, that Raboshia is listing, he's including those custodians that it claimed that it was stolen. In other words, you, you give something to somebody to watch, you go back to them and you say, where's my stuff? And they say, it was stolen, okay? So, again, what are we accusing a Shomer of after all? We're accusing them of stealing. And so, it is true, the Ganav and Goslin, uh, in that case, could be Mamon, and it is thus True as well that Reb Oshia should have it in his list, but he does have it in his list. He has it subsumed under Shomer, uh, Chinam, and Shoel. Okay. So then the Gemara says, Reb Chiyanami hatanale Shomer Chinam vehashoel. So wait a minute. If that's true, so then that would mean when we counted Reb Chia, we said, what's in the count of 24 of Reb Chia? It's Shomer, it's the, it's all, everything that Reb Oshia counted plus everything that he added. So if Reb Chia already counted Shomer Chinam and Shoel, and now he's count, and we're saying that that's what Ganav and Goslin is. So then why is he counting them again? Right? If it's true that Ganav and Goslin are subsumed in Ravoshia's list, that means that it's redundant in Ravchia's list. It means that he's counting them twice. So the Gemara, no. Tani Mamona Dasle Dei Beitera, Viktani Mamona Dasle Dei Beisura. The Ravchia counted the Shomer, Chinam, and the Shoel, and then went again and counted the Ganav and the Goslin because he considers them to be separate categories. As follows. Mamona Dasle de Beitera is the Shomer and the Shoel, where they actually received, right, this, uh, somebody asked them to be custodian over this stuff, Beheter, right? In other words, there's no Isser in becoming a Shomer. It's initially, uh, Mutter to become a Shomer. Only later 
did they did they um, fall off the derech as it were and 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 steal it? Initially, they were good guys. That's why they were trusted with this custodianship. And then they lost their way, and so it started behetera. Unlike a ganav, right? Unlike a ganav who, right from the outset, is actually claiming this thing for his own. From, uh, as an Isser from the outset. So what the Gemara is saying is that the reason why Rebchia is going to count both the Shomer and the Shomer, so again, yeah, it's justified, it's all justified because Rebchia is saying the Shomer Chinam and the Shoel, they start off Beheter, but it is true that in the end they become Ganav, just like the Ganav and the Goslin, but it's worthy of counting all of them separately because it is different cases, right? One is a custodian that turned sour and went rogue and took the stuff, and the other one is one that went to steal from the outset, and thus they are considered different categories. So as we arrive finally at Hayim and Aleph, at the perfectly manageable time, 5.53 a.m., we say the following. Edim Zomim. Let's keep going through Rebchia's list, shall we? Edim Zomim. Den Mamona Hu Lisni. Mm-hmm. Again, Edim Zomimim. How is that a knas? Isn't that mamon? After all, the Edim Zomim, right, only have to pay, right, what they, Kasher Zomim, right, what they tried to, to exact from the other, from, from the person. So they're not paying a penny less or a penny more. So isn't that exact restitution? In other words, there's no extra knas. There's no extra fines. You're just paying what you're supposed to, to uh, try to get. And therefore, why isn't Rav Chia's list of extra list? It should be an Avoshia's list. Okay. Says the Gemara, Savalak Rabbi Kiva. The Avoshia is going to, it holds like Rabbi Kiva, right? Which is why he leaves that Azim Zomim in his list. Why? He says that Azim Zomim don't pay when they are Moda. What does that mean? So uh, Rashi over here explains the following that let's say, right, Azim Zomim come and they make a whole elaborate, not true story in Besdin, right? And they're not yet discovered, but they go to another second Besdin before everything, before they get found out for being Adam Zomimim, and they admit to their derelict behavior. Wow. Amru, Hilzman of Besdin Shalploni, says Rashi. Paturin. Then they are Pater, says Rashi. This is the Shita of Rabbi Akiva. If you look at Makos, you don't have to get further than Daf Gimel to see this halacha of Rabbi Akiva. Okay, what does that teach you? Says Rashi, Alma Knasahu Umodibiknas Pater. The very fact that the self-admission will make the Adam Zomim Pater if they again self-admission in court, so that they're not really classified as Adam Zomim. But if they are still in the status of Adam Zomim and go to a separate court, so they still retain the status of Adam Zomim, they admit that they are planning to do it. They become Pater. And that's, why do they become Pater? Why does that absolve them, that admission? Because as Rashi points out. There's no loss. So you're going to say because there's no loss. But again, they went to a third Bezdin. Proceeding is still going on at Bezdin A. So Andrew's correct that, that there is no loss. But there's a detail here. That there's a detail here. Because in the first Bezdin, they don't know that they admitted yet. Right. Okay? So then what's happening? What's happening is they were modebeknas, says Rashi. They admitted in, in other words, Rashi's explaining the fact that their admission absolves them from payment even in the first Bezdin is working based on the mechanism that we know that we will learn many times that when you admit to, let's say, let's say for example, um, somebody steals to somebody else and they admit that they stole it. You still have to pay them back. 
But if somebody does something to somebody else and, and, and admits that they did it where what they're admitting to is a knas, the mode beknas is putter when it comes to that scenario. So the fact that you're putter is an indication that it's a knas. Okay? So again, it's a symptom of the fact that it's a knas. That's what they're saying according to Rabbi Kiva. The fact that Adam's Zomim going to another Besdin, admitting, absolves him from payment, shows you that the payment of Adam's Zomim, and here's where it gets really abstract. Either way, right, it sounds like we're going to have, we're going to make you pay it. In other words, what would be in the case where they didn't go and admit it? And they were Adam Zomim and went all the way through. They would still have to pay it. But that payment is not classified as a, as a hezek, as a mamon payment, right? It's classified as a knas payment. How do we know? Because were they to admit, they wouldn't have to make the payment. So that same payment, now we know that's classified as a knas. Does it matter? No. You're still getting the same money in the case where they didn't admit it. But since had they admitted it, they wouldn't have to pay it, that shows you that when they do have to pay it, that it is indeed a knas, and therefore it belongs where? Even though it's exactly the same amount of money they tried to take out of the guy when they were giving false te- testimony. So even though it's not any extra, right, and it, you, therefore you wouldn't think it's fine, the very fact that they have to pay is considered a fine. And since it's... Since that's the case, then it belongs in the list of Rebichia and not in the list of Reboshia. Wow. Okay. Gemara ever wants to follow that through. If, in fact, Reboshia is holding like Rebichia, sounds like he's going to hold like Rebichia for all these things. So then, listen, Trey Gavne Shore. Then maybe he should teach two types of damages caused by a Shore, right? Listen, Shore to Azik Shore, but listen, Shore to Azik Adam. In other words, our list doesn't have two types of, of Shore. Right in in uh, at Phil's Seum, there were many different types. There were multiple types of meats, right? But the Mishnah just says meat. Okay, so the Mishnah, if you really hold like Rabbi Kiva, there should be two types of meat because it says let him teach a shore that was mazik a shore and a shore mazik and adam. Why? Because we have a Mishnah that's non. We're going to learn the Mishnah. We didn't learn it yet on Lamed Gimel. The Mishnah says the following: Rabbi Kiva Omer Av Tam Shechava BeAdam Mishalem BeMoisin Ezek Shalom that. If a tom wounded a human being, right, when a shore damages a human being, right, he pays, according to Rabbi Akiva, the full nezek. Oh, Mishalem ben Moisa nezek shalem. He pays, the, so that's a machlokus over there in Lamed Gimel, right? So, again, the, according to, to Rabbi Akiva, right, the, even a shore tom has to pay a full nezek when he, not when he uh, damages a shore, but when he damages a human being, right? A tom usually pays chadzi nezek, but that's only according to Rabbi Kiva if he damages another shore, not when he ma- damages uh, uh, a human being. Well, if that's the case, so we would have two cases of shore, and yet we don't see two cases of shore, right? So since we don't see two cases of shore, so then how can we say that Roshia holds like Rabbi Kiva? That's the question. So Gemara answers, ha-tavri Rabbi Kiva that Rabbi Kiva already punched his fist into the wall. What does that even mean? It means that Rabbi Kiva all, already, when you know that Rabbi Kiva is, is giving his din, right, it's going to already undermine his own point when it comes to this halacha. How so? Let's explain it. Let, let's read inside and explain it as following. Detanya. We have the following b'risa with Rabbi Kiva in it. Rabbi Kiva, Omar, Rabbi Kiva said, Yachol aftam shechavah ba'adam yishalom min aliyah. Aha. Yishalom min aliyah, right, Means that you have to pay from from your from your assets from all your best property. The converse of that 
is you have to pay from the shore. So let me explain. Usually, right, when it comes to a tom, you're, if, a, if a tom, which is a shore that never habitually gored before, when he did, uh, causes damage, the worst you're going to ever have to do is pay the full uh, value of the shore that did the damage. Right? That's yeah. the opposite of min aliyah. That's called min ashore, in other words. Right? So let's say $100 shore. If he's a tam, he can do, he can go into a china shop, right? And cause, you know, uh, $20,000 worth of damage. You'll never have to pay, so, or in the case of, of, of a tam, the, the person, who, the baal ashore is only going to have to pay up to whatever the full value of the shore is. Okay? As opposed to mina aliyah, mina aliyah means you have to pay whatever you damaged, regardless of the value of your shore. So Rabbi Kiva holds that even a tam, and we can understand why that would be, you caused all this damage, that even a tam, right, that was chovel be'adam, is going to have to pay mina aliyah. He's going to have to pay the full damage, right, mig, right, as opposed to migufo, right, as opposed to capping the amount that you have to pay at the value of the shore that did the damage, Rabbi Kiva is going to hold that he's going to pay whatever, the full value of the damage. Talmud Lomar, ye'ase lo, right? However, Rabbi Kiva holds, normally would say that you would have to pay it min ha'aliyah, that you'd have to pay the full amount of the damage, but the Pasuk actually says, right, that when a, when a shore kills a human being, ye'ase lo, that means that the, the judgment is on the ox itself. Which is to teach you, says the Gemara, So in other words, Rabbi Kiva is going to hold that even though a Tom, according to Rabbi Kiva, right, is going to be paying Nezek Shalem, it's still going to be capped because of the way the Pasuk is phrased. Rabbi Kiva will have to concede that the payment of the Tom, the short Tom, is still going to be capped at the value of the shore. Megufa Mishalim, right? He's still going to be capped at the value of the shore. He's not going to pay the full amount of damages. So again, we thought that when Rabbi Kiva holds that the Tom damages a human being that he has to pay the full value, we thought that that was an indication that it was a, right, a, a full damage. However, right, the reason why Rabbi is not going to list and assure the damage of the person as a separate damage is because, right, even though it's true that sometimes a tam where that, that damages a human being will pay uh, Nezik Shalem, that's only going to be when it's a very, very valuable shore. However, it's always capped at the value of the shore itself that does the damage, and it is therefore not exactly the same. Um, and therefore, the fact that it is uh, damaging a human being is not different enough. So again, just to recap, because this is a very subtle point, we're trying to say that according to Rabbi Kiva, if Roshi in fact does hold like Rabbi Kiva, that Adam Zomimim is going to be a Mammon, which is Knas, we're going to say if he holds like Rabbi Kiva, he should have two different types of shore, one against humans and one against uh, uh, one against other sh- uh, Shvarim. Um, and we're going to say that, though, that because after all, Rabbi Kiva holds that against humans, even a Tom would pay an Ezek Shalem. And then the answer is that even though Rabbi Kiva holds that, he'll still cap the payment of a short Tom um, at the value of the short itself, what we call Megufo, and therefore it's not exactly Nezek Shalem, and therefore you could hold like Rabbi Kiva and still not have to split up shore into two categories. Wow, okay. Now we're really in the base matters. Okay, fine. 
Let, let, let's go now. That's the hardest case we'll have. Now let's go, uh, now let's go rapid, speedy round. Listening. Okay, so onus and and motzi shemra. You have to pay money for that, right? If a person was a seducer, rape, a rapist seducer, and a motzi shemra. That's money. Really? Listening. Rabbi Yosha should teach that in his list. Selagamar, what are you talking about? How is that mamon? Manafshach. In other words, which part of the rapist and the, uh, are you talking about? If you're going to talk about the actual damage that the girl sustained, right, the, da- the bodily damage, so that's already nezek. That's already included in Pagam, as Rashi explained, right? That's already on Roshi's list, right? Itzar tonale, right? So again, the additional um, right, damage, there's so much damage that a rapist does, right? It's one of the most awful crimes a person could do. So if you're talking about, so which aspect of this crime are you, are you talking about? The nezek, we already, Ravoshia learns that. Itzar tanale. Tsar, we already learned that. Ibosha's tanale. We already talked about, right? The pain, the humiliation. Those things are things that Roshia already mentioned in his list of 13. Ipgam hainu nezek, right? Uh, by the way, inezek tanale, some say it's not in the gear, so because now we're learning the same thing backwards, it's really the same. Pgam and nezek are interchangeable. The pgam is a depreciation. That's the, that's the damage. Right, so that's all in Rav Oshia's list. So is So which part of right the rapist and the seducer are you talking about? The knasa, and so beknasa lo Right, so simply the the mimanushach is if you're talking about the damages, then Rav Oshia already mentioned the damages. If you're talking about the the knas, then the, then that Rav Oshia doesn't learn that. That's the whole distinction between Rav Oshia and Rav Chia. That Rav Oshia doesn't hold of the knas. He doesn't consider that an av. Nazikin, whereas Rebchia does, and that explains why it's in Rebchia's list and not in Ravosha, because it's referring to the Knas component of the rapist and the seducer. Okay. Next list. Okay. So what a person comes in, he's a nudnik. He's trying to ruin your produce. He's not getting anything out of it, by the way. He's trying to make your Torah stuff tame, right? And uh, etc. Trying to make your wine cellar uh, into Yain Nesach. So the Gemara list, listni. Well, he's causing you damage, isn't he? Right? You go to Ralph's, you think it's a funny prank, you go to Ralph State's cellar and you turn all his wine to Yai Nesach, he's, he's suffered, suffered that loss. Rabbi should include that because that's real monetary loss. As the Gemara again, Manafshach, he has a she'enu nicker, shmei hezek, oh. Now we're getting really abstract. Hezek she'enu nicker, okay? Ralph State goes down into his cellar and he sees the wine bottles are exactly the same. He pours a glass. He holds it up to the light, whatever it is that you do. It tastes and looks, everything is exactly the same. It's called a hezek shein or nicker. The damage sustained is like a halachic damage, right? It's not, it's a damage of the status of the wine, but it's not a physical damage. So if you're going to say that that kind of damage is indeed damage, because after all, he doesn't, he, it's asr bahana, so hatanalei nezek. So if it's really damage, so then Ravoshi already subsumes it in the list of nezek. That means that when he says nezek, he's already referring to that. But if you're going to say that generally hezek sheinu nicker, if it's not physically apparent what the hezek is, then it's not really considered hezek. So then So then the fact that you'd have to pay false eight back for the money is not really monetary compensation, but that's called a knas, and therefore knasa lo kamayri. And it's for that reason that's not mentioned in Ravoshia's list because Ravoshia's list only uh, um, considers mamon. It is therefore that's why it's in Ravchia's list. Okay. So wait a minute. Now the Gemara wants to know, ooh, so does that mean that the fact that it's in Ravchia's list, does that mean that Ravchia holds that Ezek She'eno 
Ezek she'eno nikar lav shmei hezek, right? Says the Gemara. Layman kasaver of chia hezek she'eno nikar lav shmei hezek. Ooh, okay. So now that we know, right? Because again, if hezek she'eno nikar, which is to say hezek that you can't tell what it is, if it's considered actual damage, so then there's no reason for for Rabbi Chia to mention it, right? The only reason Rabbi Chia is mentioning this is because he holds that damage that it's imperceptible is not really damage; it's just a knas. So now the fact that he's including it in his list seems to imply that that's his shita, that he's actually taking a stance on that very famous lamdish machlokas as to whether imperceptible damage is indeed knas or not. Is that true? Is he taking a stance on that? Right? The ishmei hezek hatanalei nezek, right? Because if indeed, or if rather, had held, right, that, that the imperceptible damage has the status of damage itself, well, then he wouldn't have to mention uh, all of these imperceptible damages of metamin, medamin, menasech, because it would already be included. Must be that he holds it's a knas. So he took a stance on that issue. That is one possibility. However, the Gemara says that may not be the case, because maybe, says the Gemara, maybe, even though he holds that it's hezek, Right, and therefore not taking a stance on whether Hezek She'en or Nikar Shmei Hezek, still he's going to have both of them as Avos Nezikin. He's going to he's going to itemize them as Hezek de Minkara, right, perceptible damage, and Hezek de Lominkara, imperceptible damage. And he's trying to show that both of them on the list because both of them are indeed considered damage. Okay, so now in the middle of the page you say Bish Le'Malatani Didan, right? We we mentioned Roshia and Ruchia. Okay, so now. What are these? What are these totals coming to exclude? We have the four, the thirteen, and the twenty-four, right? Whenever you mention a list, you must be trying to exclude a list. So <coughs> our Mishnah Tana Didan, which has only four of us Nazikin, well, we know why it mentions it. Right. So we're saying four to exclude Rabosha, who has thirteen, and Rabosha is saying thirteen to exclude Rabbechia, who has twenty-four. But Rabbechia. Who is indeed saying that there's 24 Avos Nazikin? What is he excluding? Says, says the Gemara. Lemute Moser Umefagel. Moser Umefagel, what is this? Moser, as Rashi explains, is a Malshin. Shemoser Maman Chaver Lover Kuchavim. A guy who tattletales over Kuchavim and tries to damage him by making the, like, the over the Kuchavim come and get his stuff. Mefagel is a Kohen that was Shochet, says Rashi, the Korban of Israel, right, with a different intent in mind. Right, because now he has to bring another korban. So Cohen who messed up someone's korban, or a Moser who messed up other who sent send them over to the authorities for no reason. These are an indirect type of damage, and it is those damages that are not considered of as nazik, and it is those damages that Rebekhiya, even in his list of twenty four, is excluding. So the Gemara Velisni, maybe he shouldn't include them. Right? Because after all, those are damages. So says the Gemara, Well, I understand why he doesn't re, uh, do mefagel because maybe he doesn't want to discuss damages that only affect kachim. Okay, and the moisture, my time, right? Because kachim is a different thing. That's a whole different area, right? Only kachim can become pigul, and so that's not really primary damages. He wants to talk about you know what's happening in day to day life. Okay, outside of shul, so to speak, outside the base of mikdash. Moisture, that's real property. Well, my time, alotani. Why isn't he teaching it? Says the gemara, shiny moisture, the dibura. Wow. Again, an abstract idea. Moiser, what kind of damage is he doing? He's going, and he's telling somebody, go get his money. Okay? And that 
damage that's initiated merely by speech, which is not really considered necessarily an action, is not included in Rav Chia's list. So the Gemara, wait a minute. In Rav Chia's list, we do have cases where it is in fact initiated by speech. For example, Rav Chia does have Moitzi Shemra in his case. Moitzi Shemra is when a husband again, right, slanders his new wife and says that she was not a basula as advertised. Well, that is damage caused by speech. The Ketani, does have that on his list. Ah, as Rashi explains, the Be'ila. There is a Maisa here. That speech involves the act where he's alluding to the act of Bia, and therefore, that is a different kind of speech than just an abstract speech alone where it's like Yesh Me'ayin. Never had anything to do with any Maisa, and you're just uh, actually um, directing somebody to go to get the guy's money. So now the Gemara persists and say, Edim Zomimim. Edim Zomimim, they made the whole thing up, right? There's no Misa. Edim Zomimim, they're just trying to frame a guy with Dibur, right? Dibur, so says the Gemara, and therefore Dibur delays Bay Misa, who have a Katani, right? Rebchia has Edim Zomimim in his list. That's a Dibur, and it has no Misa, and yet he includes it in his list. So the Gemara, Hasam Afagav delays Bay Misa, Rahmana Kari Misa. Yeah, that's a very unique case. That it is true. That while the Edim Zomimim are not, in fact, doing any act, the Torah explicitly says we're going to consider it as if they didn't act. As the Pasuk the Barry pointed out. We should do to him like he plotted to do. With the word la'asos, to do, the Pasuk is telling you that this plot in this Dibur is treated as an action. It is for that reason that Ruchia is going to include in his list, even though just mere words are not going to be generally included in his list. So says the Gemar, Okay, well, let's see. Our Mishnah, when it says Avos Nuzikin, that's because there's other subcategories of damage as well. <coughs> that's certainly true of our Avos Nuzikin. So we could talk about the Toldos of the Avos in our Mishnah. We already mentioned that Shor might have, uh, we don't know if the Karen and the Regal might be uh, Toldos. So for example, if you're going to say, if even if it means shame, the shame could be any kind of hana. You could break down our Mishnah easily into subcategories. But these cases of Chia and Roshia, some of those cases are very specific. Like there is no subcategory of the rapist knas. Like it's the rapist knas. That's the only that that it is what it is. So why are you calling it Avos Nazikin? There are what are the totals of that? So Amar Rabbi Yibav, Kulan Kavos Lashal Mimetav. Oh, finally we get to the halachic nafkamina that they're considered avos in the sense that you have to pay from the best of your land. That is what makes it an av nezikin. My taima, why do you have to pay from the best of his land? Says the Gemara, Asya tachas, nesina, yeshalem, and kesef. Yevagzeir shava, the words, whenever these four words, tachas, nesina, yeshalem, and kesef appear, those words are going to allude to metav sadeu, right? Kes, metav karmo yeshalem. There is a, there is a, um, Main pasuk, meitav sadeu, meitav karma yeshalem. The Rashi is a big Rashi. It takes you through all the limud, but we just need to know the bottom line, which is that's the initial, that's the initial pasuk, right? That's the pasuk in Shmos Chav Beis Dalid. That you pay from the best of the land. Then you go to all the words, all the other pasukim, and you say shor tachas shor, and then kesef shloshim shkalim iten ladonav, and then meitav karma yeshalem and kesef yashiv lebalav. You put them all together, and you run like this string of pasukim that tied all back to meitav sadeo meitav karma yeshalem, and it is there that you learn that all of these avos nazikin, all the aforementioned cases of the damages, 
all tie back to that pasuk and teach you that you have to pay and it is that which unites all of the Avos Nazikin according to our Mishnah and according to Oshia and according to Rebchia, that is the common denominator for them that you pay with Meitav Sadeu. So now six lines up in two dots. Lore Shor Kariyamave. This one's easy. My Kamar. What does that mean? That that a Shor is different than Mave. Going back to our original Mishnah, right? My Kamar. Amar Zvid Mishmei Derava Hachi Kamar Lechsov Rachman Achadav Vesesi Yedich Minei. In other words, what it means is you may have thought that you could write just one of them. Right and learn the other one from it. Why do you have to actually express both of them? So the Tan is explaining that one of the Hezeks can't be derived from the other one. We learned this yesterday. In other words, because of the fact that they're distinct and separate from each other and unique from each other, we need to learn all of them in order to consider all of them to be Avos Nazikin in order to pay Meitav Sadeu and all the ramifications therein. And two lines up from the bottom below, right? There are living things, says the Gemara, right? The ox and the mave, they're living things. My kamar, what's he saying here? Rav said the following as we turn to him and Right? The, the pasta could have just written shor and mave, and we would have learned fire from it. Well, not true. Hada Amar, so the Tana is saying, that since the fire is inanimate, we would not have been able to learn it from shor and mave, and therefore we have to learn all four of them, right? We have to point out all four. Okay, now, Amarava, Vechulok, he shadis bor beinayu. But wait a minute. Rava is being, as he always is, very clever here. Rava is saying, bor is very unique because bor is inanimate. So if you take bor and another one of the either shore or mave, so now you would learn both things. You wouldn't need to learn the fire because now you would learn that not only does it have to be, right, one of the categories, but also it can be inanimate. So says the Gemara, all of the other damages would be through this common right characteristic, levar mi karen. But that would be true of everything except for karen. It's for that reason that we have to mention all of them. Why? Right? Because then the only common denominator left before all four of them would be that they're, all of them are muad from the outset, which is to say, a boar. And all these other things, like a shore, that all of the halachas have no element of tam and muad. But Karen has that element of Tam and Mu'ad, and therefore, so therefore, right, the Karen has to be learned separately because it has that unique aspect where it starts off as a Tam, ends off as a Mu'ad. Well, according to the, the uh, Tzad that the Karen is more likely to be liable, however, Karen, obviously, is the most aggressive of all of them. So maybe Karen is the most likely to be Chayef, says the Gemara, no, that, so according to that, we have to learn that the real reason why we have to spell out all of them is not because we could not have learned one without the other, but rather to teach you the category of each one, right? To teach the unique halachas of each one. In other words, we're not really teaching you something that you don't already know. Right? Maybe you could have deduced that all of these are the Avos Nazikin, but we're setting the categories up in order to teach you the unique aspects of each of these uh, types of Nazikin. And so, how so? So, for that, we're going to, that's what we're going to be spending the rest of the Masechta on and how those work out. So, we'll pick up tomorrow, Bezat Hashem, seven lines up from the bottom of Hayam and Bez, to teach you the unique ways in which each one of these damages are applied halachically.